0: Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I'm your host, Greg shoots This is episode 34 of the 2023 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And we are now in the official post-draft edition. NFL draft, April 27th through the 29th. Bryce Young taking number one overall and I'll tell you what, you know, that was really to be expected. There was a lot of drama, you know, early on. Would Bryce Young be the pick? Is it going to be C.J. Stroud? There was a lot of different discussion. Ultimately, we did see Bryce Young go number one overall to Carolina, and then number two fifty-nine overall, our new Mister Irrelevant is they uh, De- 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 want Johnson. The defensive end, defensive tackle there out of Toledo, I think that explosiveness has an undersized D-tackle. E you put him there with Aaron Donald. I think he has a great chance to stick there with the Rams. So what we wanted to go ahead and do is really take a look at each of these teams, break down their draft, take a look at really what I saw these teams doing at, during the draft itself, and then ultimately how everything played out, and really kind of give my overall thoughts on – Each of these teams and really what they did on draft day. So we'll go through the first half of the NFL franchises. And if we go alphabetically, then you start with the Arizona Cardinals, and we'll be ending this podcast with the defending Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. And then we'll pick up with the next podcast, starting with. The Los Angeles Chargers and obviously we will finish with the Washington Commanders and then from there talk about a couple of the undrafted free agents to keep an eye out for there are going to be some guys that will stick with an NFL franchise really want to recap uh, where some of those guys went and, and really what to expect for them coming into the 2023 football season and then see if we can take a quick look ahead that 2024 NFL draft give you a few names to be on the lookout for as we hit the 2023 college football season so without further ado let's go ahead and jump into the Arizona Cardinals and their draft and I think really my expectation going into this draft was they needed to get uh, an offensive tackle to help out Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray was sacked Uh, 131 times in I want to say 57 games and so you you need to protect your investment you need to protect your quarterback and this is something that I think Kyler Murray has really been looking for for quite a while you have DJ Humphreys there at left tackle who has already uh, been playing at a much higher level. And so you have one tackle there. Kelvin Beachum is under contract right now. We could see Arizona stick with Kelvin Beecham there at right tackle. Or Paris Johnson Jr., who I have mocked to the Cardinals, ultimately uh, could take over there at right tackle. We know that Paris Johnson Jr. has experience at the guard positions. He could kick in right at left guard, right next to G- DJ Humphreys, and then ultimately take over for Kelvin Beecham. A lot of different options. But I love what Monty Austin Fort was doing there. You know, he, he trades back to number 12 trades with with Houston they really get a, a huge haul from that number 3 pick they actually get a first and a third next season we were talking about hey could the cardinals use those two picks In round number one, to potentially get a quarterback in Caleb Williams, possibly even a receiver with Marvin Harrison Jr., um, it's entirely possible, especially when we're talking about DeAndre Hopkins potentially getting traded, but that's for another discussion. We've already seen Houston trade back into the top five, so I think that's really where some of those conversations are starting is, hey, Houston was able to pull the trigger in 2023. Could we see something similar with the Cardinals in 2024? So Paris Johnson Jr. ultimately was that pick. They traded back up with the Lions to that number six overall position when they were able to go ahead and get Paris Johnson Jr. I said I didn't think that he was going to be the guy there at number three overall. I was expecting them to trade down. And uh, you know six overall ultimately felt like that was probably as high as Paris Johnson Jr. was going to go. So I thought really excellent value there for them. In round number two, they get B.J. Oshulari. You know This is a team, when you look at their the, the lack of, of sack production, is, is evident when you lose, uh, I, I think, what was it, 19 and a half sacks between J.J. Watt who retired, and uh, Zach Allen, who moved on. You look at the outside linebacker position. myJ Sanders, the only guy at outside linebacker to have at least three sacks. Uh, you know, you have Cameron Thomas as well. This is a, a guy, B.J. Ogilari, who I think still is developing as a run. Uh, run defender so that's why I don't know that he's necessarily going to start right away but man the guy's got a lot of tools in the tool belt when you're talking about rushing the passer Uh, 16 and a half sacks in his three seasons there at LSU 25 and a half tackles for loss really known for pursuing the football backside so that's something else to keep an eye out there for with BJ Ojolari I I thought Arizona money Austin Ford his first draft really nailing it uh, right off the top so really impressed with with the first two picks and then they shore it up you know in round number three they get Garrett Williams out of out of Syracuse the cornerback you look at their cornerback situation and uh, you know you've got Marco Wilson. You lose Byron Murphy. Uh, you know what's going to happen with I- Isaiah Simmons? Is he a linebacker? Is he a corner? Right now, it looks like he's probably slated in there at nickel. There's Antonio Hamilton. I think Garrett Williams is the guy that's going to be able to come in here and challenge for a starting spot right away. Uh, he's finally fully healthy after the leg injury. Six foot, 190 pounds. This is a guy, 21 uh, pass breakups. To go along with four interceptions the ball skills are evident so he's a guy that i think can challenge for playing time and then you look at michael wilson one of the more underrated receivers he comes off the board in round three you have marquise brown you have rondell moore uh, you know and then obviously the situation with duke hopkins what's going on there i think michael wilson at least if nothing else brings some more size to that group i love the route running as well this is a guy that can be very explosive in that offense i think that's one of the more underrated selections there on day two of the draft then you get into day three, and this is where it gets interesting. So you have, you know, John Gaines, uh, ultimately a guy that could potentially challenge uh, Froholt there at the center position. You got Will uh, Will Hernandez at right guard. I think John Gaines has that versatility to potentially challenge for playing time at both of those spots. Clayton Toon in round number five. Clayton Toon put up a ton of yards there at uh, at Houston under Dana Holgerson and you look at it you've got Colt McCoy still has the backup but I think you know Clayton Toon really solidifies himself as that number three quarterback I know David Blau's there as well but I think Clayton Toon um, a guy that can ultimately end up being Kyler Murray's backup when it's all said and done uh, Owen Papo fifth round that's about where I thought he, he would probably go I think I actually put him off the board uh, in round number four when you look at this group you've got Zayvon Collins at one spot Kaiser White at the other. I think Owen Papo can come in. That that speed, you know, and the physicality with which he plays. He's a little undersized, but you look at him opposite Zaven Collins. I think he could challenge Kaiser White for playing time early on in his career. I think that's a great selection. 34th pick overall in round number five. Then you get Keitrell Clark out of Louisville in round number six. Now Keitrell you know, this is a guy I think ultimately could be that nickel to allow uh, you know Isaiah Simmons to play other posi- other roles within that defense gives him a little bit more versatility with Keith Clark, 5'10, 165 pounds, a little slight, slightly build. But uh, 28 pass breakups, five interceptions, ball skills are there. But here's the other thing that, that I thought was interesting. 13 and a half tackles for loss, a guy that knows how to get physical behind the line of scrimmage. So that was a nice pick for at least in terms of your, your depth there. And then round number six, rounding out their pal- their picks. You've got Dante Stills out of West Virginia. Uh, of the Stills brothers, this guy was, you know, physically more imposing than then his brother, who was who was quite undersized at the defensive tackle position, you look at him. I think he's a guy that could ultimately. I thought, you know, really, he felt like he'd be a, a five technique, a guy that could either play, you know, the end tackle. Um, you know, he'll challenge both Jonathan Ledbetter. And Richard Lawrence, I think he'll work into that rotation. I know LJ Collier's there as well, but uh, you know he's a guy that I think can absolutely make that roster. Ran a 4-8-5-40 there at the combine. Uh, Dante Stills, you know, excellent first step quickness. I think that's one of the things that the, St- the Stills brothers were known for. The NFL Bloodlines, father Gary, played with the Colts. 24.5 uh, 24 and a half sacks in his career, 53 tackles for loss. And he's going in there at 6'4 and 280 pounds he's a guy to keep an eye out for uh, you know i think there's a lot of skill there and uh, a guy who should make that roster pretty comfortably there for the cardinals so overall i thought you know they, they really addressed a lot of their positions um i was expecting them to go with a running back at some point um i actually was expecting jameer gibbs to come off the board early round two so i actually penciled them in there with a the running back ultimately didn't go in that direction um uh, you know, I thought that we'd see a little bit more uh, you know, offensive line help uh, you know than what we really saw. We saw the tackle we saw one guard and that was really it in terms of their draft overall draft analysis there but uh, you know they still got some of that short up. Uh, so it's gonna be interesting to see how everything plays out for Arizona but again for Monty Austin for Jonathan Gannon I thought this was a great first draft for them. Atlanta Falcons, this was really where the draft got interesting, right? You've got Bijan Robinson going off the board, number eight overall. And look, I know Atlanta already has um, Tyler Algier running, running the football, You know, a 1,000-yard rusher. You also have uh, well, Cordero Patterson who, before he went down to injury, went on IR. He was playing really well. I think a lot of fantasy teams were were very happy with his production. But when you get a chance to get a guy like Bijan Robinson in there, you jump at the chance to be able to do that because this is a guy who is a a three-down back, a guy that's going to be able to run the ball between the tackles. On the outside, excellent receiver, great in pass protection. You bring him in, you've got Drake London, and then you also have Kyle Pitts. I think there are a lot of different weapons around uh, Desmond Ritter. Makes that offense really, really interesting for Arthur Smith and company. Look, I, I I mocked it. I thought that that was a great great selection there for Arizona. Um, round number two, I thought was interesting, and they go with Matthew Bergeron. Not because I, I'm not a fan of Matthew Bergeron, but because you know I, I thought that they were really solidified. You know at a lot of the, the offensive line spots. And I'm wondering if Drew Dahlman at that center position is does he have that solidified? Is Matt Hennessy potentially going to challenge him there? Um, they may not be satisfied with Matt Hennessey at that left guard spot, so that might be where Matthew Bergeron uh, slides in has the ability to also play tackle we know that Jake Matthews is a mainstay there at left tackle Caleb McGarry just signed a contract there at right tackle Chris Chris Lindstrom at right guard as well so uh, I think Bergeron really the, the play there is is probably left guard and then have Matthew uh Matt Hennessy and, and Drew Dahlman really battle things out for the pivot when it's all said and done uh only uh one other pick there in uh round number three and that's going to be Zach Harrison when you look at, at Harrison, ultimately, I, you know, you look at it and is he a guy that's going to be big enough to be that, that defensive end in a uh, 34 defense, be that five technique? Probably not. He's 6'6", 274. Could he potentially play that role? I think he could, but uh, you also have that outside linebacker spot. You've got Bud Dupree, you've got Lorenzo Carter, Arnold uh, You know, uh, I know they have Ade uh, Ogudeje there as well, D'Angelo Malone. Zach Harrison, to me, could potentially learn from Calais Campbell. He does need to put on some additional size. You're talking about having to put on 20 pounds. So I think if he stays at that 274, you're probably seeing him playing that, at that outside linebacker spot. I thought you could have gone in other directions, um, especially on, on day two. There were a lot of, of, of guys that were out there that were solid edge rushers that they could have targeted, and, and instead they go with the guy who I think really – you know, and, and truthfully, it's probably more naturally a, a 43 defensive end. Um, so I thought there was a, a curious fit, but, uh, you know, look, Zach Harrison, I think he finally put it all together in 2022. And, and that's really where my, my mind went when I was looking at him was, you know, this is a guy who's really just starting to scratch the surface with his potential. In round number four, they get Clark Phillips third out of Utah. Uh, This is a guy, look, they've already made the trade for for Jeff Okuda. They brought in Mike Hughes as well. Clark Phillips is a guy who could be a third corner on the outside. He could also play nickel. Uh, Gives him some versatility there on the back end ball hawk six interceptions multiple pick sixes uh he's just undersized and i think that's why he felt round number four and then no picks until round seven they get two guys in in the seventh round and two guys who i think could end up not only making the roster but making a decent impact you look at demarco Helms. i think he's the guy that's going to be playing that special teams role uh, you know he'll be a nice backup there for both jesse bates and richie grant at the safety spot and then jovan Gwynn. when i look at jovan guinn again you know, I would have expected to see more attention on that defense, and that's really the, the biggest surprise more than anything else. Is I know that they they brought in Calais Campbell, they brought in David Onyemata, they brought in Bud Dupree, Bud Dupree only on a one-year deal. I think same with Calais Campbell. Um, you know, they're really rolling the dice here with with a lot of these guys. I think really the expectation is let's see what Ryan Nielsen can do with the talent that we already have on the roster. You know, I think Ryan Nielsen is known for developing. Uh, defensive lineman and so we're going to be seeing what he can do with this group and I think that's that's really the biggest thing they've got a lot of a lot of guys there a lot of numbers and I think that's you know they're playing the numbers game they don't have a lot of depth on the offensive line I think that's ultimately what they're targeting Jovan Gwynn's a guy you know I mean you look at Matt Hennessy, you know maybe he's falling out of favor maybe it's something to where Jovan Gwynn could challenge both you know Hennessy uh for that at left guard spot uh, as the backup to Bergeron, and ultimately could potentially challenge him for that backup role behind Drew Dahlman as well. Um, so that that'll be an interesting uh, dynamic to play out there for Atlanta. So some curious picks there. I think really addressing that 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 pass rush. They've had an anemic pass rush, and the only thing that I can figure is when you're talking multiple, you're talking Ryan Nielsen. Uh, you're talking about you know seeing what he can do with the talent you already have on the roster, and then ultimately if they're still not able to get after the quarterback. After the 2023 season, that's when we'll probably see Atlanta really start targeting those edge rushers. Baltimore. Baltimore finally gets a deal done with Lamar Jackson. That was bigger than anything that we saw with the draft. And, uh, you know, I was talking about the fact that the Ravens traditionally had only had the two uh, wide receiver sets, but, you know, I failed to realize that, hey, when you bring in a guy like Todd Monkin, What are you getting? You're gonna get a more wide open offense. And so when you already have Odell Beckham Jr. and you have Rashad Bateman on the roster, you're gonna need a third receiver. Zay Flowers is that perfect fit, a guy that you can put in the slot. He's so explosive. Some guys are just fast, some guys are also quick. He's one of the rare breeds that's able to sit there and do both. Very explosive in and out of his breaks. I look at him, and, and I think Lamar Jackson, just adding to those weapons. You know, you've got Mark Andrews, you've got Isaiah Likely at that tight end spot. You know, with with OBJ and uh Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers now in the mix. You also have Devin Duvernay and uh, and Nelson Aguilar. So it really make it started to make things look really, really interesting there uh, at that wide receiver spot. And really, just a lot of the talent there overall. Uh, then you get into Trenton Simpson there in round number three, and uh, you know an interesting pick because you already have Roquan Smith. Makes you wonder where they're at with with Patrick Queen. Uh, you know, Are they satisfied with what they have there? I believe they uh, declined his option. So I think Trenton Simpson, ultimately they're looking at him potentially taking over the will in place of Patrick Queen when it's all said and done. Round number four, Tavius Robinson. Uh, you know, This is a dude who has a lot of length, and that's one of the things that I think the Ravens have loved is getting guys in with a ton of length that have played defensive end in college that they can ultimately move to that outside linebacker spot. 6'7", 245. Runs really well, uh, ten and a half sacks there in his career with uh, uh, with the Rebels there at, at Mississippi, but you know definitely a, a tremendous athlete, a guy that you know it's going to be interesting to see what he can do in this. Uh, in this defense ran a 46640 with all that size has tremendous length just under 34 inch arms so a guy that's going to be able to play coming off the edge there uh, you know he'll be playing there with, with Tyus Bowser and Odafe Owe, David Ojabo so I I think it'll be an interesting interesting pick ultimately uh, you know is he a guy that can continue that that momentum I think he he does have kind of an upward trend right now. Uh, you know, Caillou Blue Kelly, another guy that has those NFL bloodlines his father, Brian, went to USC, played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And when you look at this team, you know, they brought in Rock Yassin, they've got Marlon Humphrey there, but you know, you need that third corner and I think Caillou Blue Kelly can absolutely do that. Covered a lot of guys, a lot of really good receivers there uh, in the Pac-12 and, you know, really a stellar, stellar performer. A guy that, look, you know, he, uh, like Paulson Debo, you know, just has those ball skills, just understands, you know, Body positioning, three interceptions, 23 pass breakups in his career there at Stanford. He's a guy that I really like. Um, In the sixth round, they pick up Maasala, uh, Almave, Laulu. So that's really just adding to the depth up front. Um, I I think with Almave, Almave, Laulu, you know, you're probably looking at kicking him inside to guard, uh, you know, and so that's going to add some depth there behind Ben, Ben Cleveland and Kevin Zeitler. Uh, you know big physical guy but also can get out and and move especially when you have him pulling Uh, we did see Jalen Carter kind of take him and throw him aside with one hand so that's one of the the concerns is is, you know can he anchor there at the point of attack and then you have Andrew Voorhees uh, at a USC a 7th round pick a guy that probably could have been a day two selection had it not been for that knee injury that he sustained at the combine. Uh, athletic guy, has some experience at tackle as well. Not quite the prospect that, that uh, you know Elijah Vera Tucker was there at USC, but a guy that I thought could have come off the board in round number three had he not torn his knee. Um, round seven could potentially be a bargain, and we could be talking about that pick, you know, as as really a steal if he can return from that injury uh, in, in you know during that 2024 season. Which takes us to the Buffalo Bills. And Buffalo, look, you know, they they made a trade there with the Giants, uh, you know, ultimately getting moving up in the draft, right? And uh, at that number twenty six overall selection, what do they do? They pull the trigger. I think it was actually Jacksonville that that they might have gotten the pick through because uh, New York was at twenty four initially, or no, Jacksonville was at twenty four. Ultimately, made that deal. The, the, the Giants did. But When you look at, at Buffalo, you got Gabe Davis, you got Stephon Diggs, who's that third receiver gonna be, what's the question there? You also have Dawson Knox. I floated the idea of them potentially taking a tight end if the right one was there, Well, Dalton Kincaid falls in their lap. We know what Dalton Kincaid, To that Utah Ute offense, and you know a guy who is just—he's a a tremendous route runner, just very explosive with the ball in his hands. And if you wanted to see this, what this guy could do, just put on that the game against USC—the first time they played them. Um, It was October fifteenth. Sixteen catches, two hundred thirty-four yards, and a touchdown. He was un. Uh, uncoverable uh, during that game, uh, just really a stellar performance. And so when you're talking about Josh Allen, getting him weapons, uh, you know Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, that's a dynamic duo there at that tight end position. You know it makes you feel a lot of uh, you know of uh, um, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Uh, second round they get Osiris Torrance. You know they need to get big and physical up front. Uh, you know, you've got you know, Deion Dock and Spencer Brown at the tackle spots. Connor McGovern was brought in there uh, to take one of the guard positions. I think Osiris Torrance is ultimately going to supplant Ryan Bates as that starter there at right guard. Uh, Osiris Torrance, big, physical, uh, power in his hands, and uh, I really love that pick. Uh, you look at round number three, I was expecting them to potentially pull the trigger on Drew Sanders because I thought that would be a, you know, he, he does a lot of the same things that Tremaine Edmonds did. But then I, you know, what I love with this this pick of Dorian Williams is he's a guy that also does a lot of things that, that uh, Terrell Edmonds uh, did as well. 6'1", 220 pounds, a ton of length, 132 tackles this past season, uh, 27 tackles per loss in his career nine and a half sacks 13 pass breakups has tremendous range also you really was a team leader there for the green wave uh, you know and when you talked about the, the the length nearly 34 inch arms are at that linebacker spot ran a 4-4-9-40 as well i think that's going to be one of the steals he'll be playing there alongside matt Mil- uh, matt milano really a great selection there they also have terrell bernard We've got a really nice group of linebackers now um, with the addition there of Dorian Williams. He moved to day three, and really Buffalo only had three picks in day three. Uh, Justin Shorter, the, the big wide receiver there, out of Florida, taken in round number five. Uh, you know, I was wasn't sure exactly where Justin Shorter. I think I had him coming off the board uh, a round or two later, uh, just because you know I I I get the size, I get the athleticism, but this was a guy that ultimately I, I just he never really lived up to the hype for me. You know, Penn State to Florida. A guy who ended up with just 110 catches in his career, uh, for 1552 yards, and, and eight touchdowns. Um, really, all of those numbers, you know, came there at Florida. And I know Florida, there were some struggles there with the quarterback position, and, and some of the production really up and down. Uh, during Justin Shorter's time there, uh, when I look at Justin Shorter, uh, this is a guy he has so much size that I was thinking there was a chance that maybe he would convert to tight end at some point. 6'4", 229, ran a four five five forty, which isn't you know isn't bad at all. Uh, you know, a guy that you know I, I think right now has a chance to be that number four, number five wideout, but uh, could also end up working his way in and being that number three tight end. It would really be interesting to see what uh, the Bills' plans are for Justin Shorter. Round seven, they get Nick Broker there out of Ole Miss. You know, really a technician there up front all- along that offensive line. This is a guy that I think could uh, be a backup for Mitch at center. I think ultimately you're gonna see him challenge for a guard spot. They also have David Edwards with the guy for the Rams. Uh, you know, Ike Bacher's there as well. So I think he'll struggle to ultimately find a roster spot really kind of a curious pick overall with this unless they're unhappy with some of these other guys because ultimately i think broker will probably end up getting signed somewhere else and then alex austin the corner out of oregon state another guy that i thought was going to come off the board a couple of rounds sooner um, this is a kid look you know has really good size 6'1 195 ran a 45 540 shorter arms for a guy his size but i thought the man coverage they you know, played again another guy that played a lot of really good receivers there and played them tough you know if you turn on. That, that USC game, both Alex Austin and his, his teammate, uh, you know, Rayshon Wright, you know, did a great job against Jordan Addison. Look, four interceptions, 20 pass breakups in his career there with the Beavers. Uh, when you look at the Bills and their cornerbacks, you know, spot you've got you know, uh, Tredavious White, you got Kyrie Elam, Dane Jackson. You know, there's a lot of gr- you know, a lot of guys here, but I think Alex Austin could eventually find his way onto the practice squad there in Buffalo. Carolina, obviously we know what happened there with number one overall with Bryce Young. Uh, Only four other picks on the day. Uh, You've got Jonathan Mingo in round number two. This is a guy who I think could end up being a steal. I'm a huge fan of his. He's 6'2". 220 pounds, uh, very sudden as a route runner, does a great job coming off the line to create separation early. A guy that can also be known as a vertical threat. Not really considered that, but ran a 4 4 40 out the combine, 39.5-inch vertical leap. Very physical guy, a guy that his teammates are going to love blocking there out on the outside. Love that selection. DJ Johnson out of Oregon was kind of a curious pick. This guy also played tight end for the Ducks, uh, but a guy that just, you know, he's continuing to develop. I had him coming off the board really in round number six, so taking him there in round number three I thought was a bit rich, especially because I believe they traded up to get him. Um, you know, he'll challenge for a backup spot there with, with Brian Burns and Nature Um You know, I think he and Marquise Haynes will probably be the next two guys in line coming off the bench, and then uh, you know, Chandler Savala. In round number four, NC State—they're staying there uh, with, with the Carolina selection. And you know what's what's happening with Austin Corbett—you know that's really a question there at right guard. I think Chandler Zavala could end up being a plug-and-play guard, physical, athletic. Uh, so watch for that to potentially happen there in Carolina. And then at round at round number five, they get uh, Jamie Robinson. This is a leader, uh, ball hawk. They've got you know Von Bell there. They have Xavier Woods, but I think Jamie Robinson will give them some some flexibility there on the back end of the defense as well. Has some good coverability uh, and, and really excellent instincts. You know the ball skills are are, are, are absolutely evident there with, with Jamie Robinson. Then you get to the Bears. Bears ultimately they trade down to round to number nine. Jalen Carter is on the board. Ultimately the Eagles decide to trade up and get him. So what do they do? They end up trading down to that number 10 spot and they get Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright, I almost penciled this in, almost thought this might happen because if they were going to target a right tackle, then I I think Darnell Wright is your best right tackle in the group. That really tells me that Braxton Jones is going to be their left tackle there in Chicago. Darnell Wright, plug and play on the right side. The guy, look, you know, he he handled Will Anderson, uh, the physicality, the athleticism for a guy his size. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do there uh, for the Bears. Uh, Jervon Dexter uh, coming off the board in round two, and then Zach Pickens in round three. Uh, you know, Dexter. Athletic for days, ran a 4.85 40 at the combine, but you know the production just wasn't there. Then you have a guy like Zach Pickens. Um, you know you saw the burst, you saw uh, flashes of, of, of brilliance, but you didn't see it consistently. These are going to be two guys that are going to be battling Justin Jones and Andrew Billings for playing time. I think there's a chance that they could end up moving their way into the starting lineup uh, because they have the athleticism to be able to do that. But you just want to see them be able to finish. That's really going to be the key for the two of them. Uh, the other pick there on uh, on day two was Tyreek Stevenson. He was the second pick in round number two. When you look at the corners, you've got Jalen Johnson. Uh, there's Kendall Vildor. Uh, you know, Kyler Gordon's going to be your nickel. But I think Tyreek Stevenson is a guy that could end up being that starter opposite uh, Jalen Johnson. I think he has the skills to be able to do that. He's big. He's physical. Six foot, 214. Uh, you know, 21 pass breakups, three interceptions in his career. Uh, he's just a guy. You know, the, he's a pauler. He's going to be physical. He's going to want to stay in your shorts. I think that's a great selection. Round number four, they go with Roshon Johnson. You know, a guy that didn't have a, a, a ton of wear on his legs. You know, he, he was. Kind of that, that running mate there with Bijan Robinson. You look at, you've got Deontay Foreman, you've got Khalil Herbert. You knew they were going to take a running back at some point. Some people thought maybe it would be Bijan. Instead, they go with the other Longhorn, Roshan Johnson, a guy that uh, you know, physical between the tackles. I think that's a, that's a solid pick there. Um, you know, early on in day number three, then you got Tyler Scott, the receiver out of Cincinnati. I was expecting Tyler Scott to be the first Cincinnati wide receiver taken. Instead, it was Trey Tucker. Uh, but Tyler Scott, a vertical threat. You've got DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Darnell Moody. I think with Tyler Scott, he's a guy that could be that uh, another vertical threat. And uh, a guy, look, he's only 5'10", and, and he's not very big either but you know you look at the leaping ability that's something that really jumps out to me I mean you know 39 and a half inch vertical leap to go along with that 4 uh, 4 so this is a guy that's going to be a downfield threat throw the football up let him go up and get it in round number five they get Noah Sewell out of Oregon and look you already have TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds on the roster and then you use that fifth round pick on Noah Sewell you, know, you probably could have addressed some other positions, whether it was up front on the offensive line, getting additional weapons for Justin Fields, maybe more pass rushers, because really, who's the pass rusher that you took? You know, you've got Demarcus Walker, you've got Travis Gibson, uh, you know, Rasheem Green. Dominique Robinson, but who was the pass rusher that you were drafting in this draft? There really isn't one, and that was the biggest surprise. They took two corners there on, on day three, Terrell Smith of Minnesota in round five, Kendall Williamson in round number seven. They're going to be battling it out for uh, for playing time. I think those are two guys that'll end up being, uh, you know, being backups. I think Kendall Williamson ultimately will be a backup safety. You know, they've got Jaquan Brisker and Eddie Jackson who are entrenched as the starters but I think Williamson can challenge to, to be a, a third safety there uh, and then Travis Bell out of Kennesaw State defensive tackle uh, 6'1", 280 pounds good size, good quickness coming off the football I ultimately didn't have him coming off the board at all A little bit of a surprise seeing him come off the board there in round number 7 but uh, you know, a guy look they need help up front and so his uh, his range Uh, his athleticism they're going to need some of that there up front then you get to Cincinnati the Bengals and and the Bengals I thought maybe this was going to be where Darnell uh, Washington was going to come off the board ultimately the the injury situation kind of curtailed some of that talk so really what you look at is is Miles Murphy ultimately they get this guy at the end of round number one number 29 overall you got Sam Hubbard you got Trey uh, Trey Hendrickson Miles Murphy can get in there I know they were upset with Joseph Osai and what happened at the end of, uh, of the playoff game Miles Murphy uh, you know, look 65 268 pounds and the athleticism you know freakish 45 140 for a guy his size you know and being in in a, in a group he needs to be pushed. I, I think this is a guy that you didn't always see play to his potential Sam Hubbard. And and trade Hendricks guys that get every ounce of potential out of themselves, and so I think that'll be a great locker room, to a great great locker room fit for him uh, as a player. Two other guys taken on day two, and you're looking at DJ Turner, the the speedster, ran that 4:26.40. You've got Chidobe Awuzie. You've got uh, Cam Britt, and then uh, Cam Taylor Britt, excuse me, and then you've got Mike Hilton there, the no uh, the the nickelback. They could have gone with the corner there in round one. Ultimately, get DJ Turner there in round number two. There's a lot of talk that maybe DJ Turner could end up doing what uh, Eric Stokes was able to do after running such a fast 40 time. Ends up coming off the board there in round number two at the end of round two, number 29 uh, in that second round. Uh, But a guy that I think he'll battle for a a starting spot early on. Then Jordan Battle in round three. A veteran presence at safety for Alabama. You've got Dax Hill. You brought in Nick Scott. I think Jordan Battle is going to learn from the two of them. I think ultimately Jordan Battle could end up taking over that starting spot from Nick Scott um, when it's all said and done. Then you look at Charlie Jones. Charlie Jones out of Purdue, uh, kind of an underappreciated wide receiver. This is a guy. Look, you know, he, he's he's plenty fast. He proved that there at the combine, um, but a guy that just knows how to get open. Excellent route runner. Just difficult to cover. And when you saw what he did there at Purdue, 110 catches, 1361 yards, 12 touchdowns. He's the guy that we're going to be talking about as a potential steal. You already have a wide receiver room with, with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. I think Charlie Jones can end up taking over for Tyler Boyd, and uh, could be a standout there for Joe Burrow. You needed a backup running back with uh, Samaje Ryan leaving uncertainty there with Joe Mixon. You get Chase Brown out of Illinois, a guy that look, you know, he was you know leading the league, um, you know, the NCAA in rushing. And uh, with Chase Brown, a guy that's more of a one-cut-and-go type of a runner. Very physical, a guy that just keeps getting better as the, as the game goes along. 1,643 yards this past season, uh, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons for the Fighting Lion-Eye. Then you have Andre Iosevis there out of Princeton, another speedster, track guy, 6'3", 205. Um, So that's just going to add some additional depth there to that wide receiver position. And then uh, Brad Robbins, the punter, in round six there out of Michigan. Um, Ultimately, uh, Robbins is going to kind of slide in there and probably take over that starting spot from from Drew Chrisman. Ultimately, surprised that we saw punters coming off the board. Uh, Brad Robinson though, was one of the more consistent punters there uh, at the at, you know, in, in the Big Ten, not only in the Big Ten but in the country. And so that was a curious pick, though there in round number six, round seven they get DJ Ivy out of Miami. This guy, look, he started 33 games for Miami, and you know had, had six picks during his career. You know, he's got another guy that's going to be adding some depth there to that cornerback position. Uh, you know, and he'll challenge guys like uh, like Sidney Jones, Jalen Davis, uh, you know, and, and even TJ DJ Turner for some playing time. Uh, a guy that I thought you know played pretty well there for Miami, so it'll be interesting to see what he does there in Cincinnati. Moving on to Cleveland, no picks in the first two rounds. In round number three, they go with Cedric Tillman, and I really love this pick. Cedric Tillman's a guy. Look, you know. This past season really couldn't be himself, was battling injuries. But when he was healthy, this guy was a, a vertical threat, big physical receiver. He's going to push Donovan Peoples-Jones for, for playing time early on. You've got Amari Cooper there. You traded for Elijah uh, Elijah Moore. Now you've got Cedric Tillman in the fold. I think ultimately that's going to push uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones down on the depth chart. And I think there's a chance that we could see Peoples-Jones ultimately wearing another uniform uh, in 2023 Second pick in round number three, they end up going with Siaki Ika. Big Apu Ika. You know, obviously they have Dalvin Tomlinson there up front. You got Jordan Elliott, but Siaki Ika is kind of an insurance policy there, ultimately taking over that role for Dalvin Tomlinson. A uh, good rotational player, at least to start out. Round number four, they get Dewan Jones. I thought Jones could potentially have been a second round pick. I think Jack Conklin's days are numbered there in, in Cleveland. I think DeWan Jones will end up starting there at right tackle sooner rather than later. Uh, Isaiah McGuire out of Missouri, another fourth rounder. This is a good edge rusher and you needed to get another guy to team with uh, Miles Garrett. You know, you've got Ogbo uh, Ogoronkwo that you brought in from Houston. There's Isaiah Thomas from, from Oklahoma. You've got Alex Wright from UAB. Now you enter in Isaiah McGuire, and this is a guy, look, you know, the the explosiveness coming off the edge. Um, When you watch Missouri Missouri football, that was a guy the teams were really keying in on. You wanted to see where number nine was on the field. Uh, 32 tackles for loss, 17 and a half sacks for the Mizzou Tigers. I think he's a guy that could potentially even work his way into the starting starting spot opposite Miles Garrett. It's going to be interesting to see that whole dynamic. Round number five, Dorian Thompson Robinson. I think this is a quarterback. Um, I, I I love this fit for him. You know, he'll get to play behind Deshaun Watson and then also learn from Joshua Dobbs, a real cerebral quarterback. Um, you know, Donovan uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson has a lot of talent, arm talent makes plays with his legs but uh decision making wasn't always his strong suit so i think this is going to be a great fit for him uh cameron mitchell out of northwestern coming off the board in round number five you look at this group you've got uh you know martin emerson greg uh, newsom the second denzel ward greg newsom the second it was reported that he didn't want to play nickel any longer so cameron mitchell could potentially uh, take over that spot, you know, depending on what happens with, with Greg, uh, Greg Newsom. If he ultimately is no longer in a Cleveland Brown uh, uniform, then I think Cameron Mitchell, ultimately that uh, you know, his stock ultimately will rise quite a bit. 18 pass breakups in his career, just two interceptions, but a guy that I thought held, held things down pretty well there for the Wildcats at one of the cornerback positions. And then uh, Luke Whipler. How the heck did Luke Whipler fall all the way to round number six? I was thinking second, third, maybe fourth round with him. Um, but I think when you look at you know Ethan Posick there, I think Luke Whipler could challenge for a starting spot sooner rather than later. We'll be talking about Luke Whipler and, and the surprise that he lasted this long. I think that's that's a guy that I think we can be comfortable talking about. When you look at Dallas, what does Dallas need? You know, I was trying to figure out exactly where they were going to go and uh, ultimately mocked a tight end to them. Because there was the need there, but they also needed a nose tackle. I was looking at Jonathan Hankins thinking maybe that was gonna, you know, maybe he would have a, a breakout, but ultimately go with Mozzie Smith. And look, Mozzie Smith, the athleticism, power, this is a dude, uh, the lateral agility is, is ridiculous for a guy his size, but then also repping out 335 20 times. I mean, just the, the strength, the athleticism, he's gonna be a mainstay there uh, at that nose tackle position, really gonna free up uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, Micah Parsons and company Uh, this is going to be a great fit for them round two Luke Scootmaker ultimately target Scoomaker there at that tight end position. I think Scoobmaker, you know, look, I think Jake Ferguson right now is penciled in as a starter. Scoobmaker will end up being the starter when it's all said and done. I, I firmly believe that. Scoomaker. I think, more athletic than he was really able to show there at Michigan. Excellent blocker. 6'5", 251, ran a four six three forty 340 at the combine. The guy that's going to stretch the field, up the seam. Um, thought that was a great pick. And then DeMarvion Overshone there um, You know, in the third round out of Texas. Damone Clark is probably going to get the first chance to start at the will, but I think Overshone will end up getting that starting spot. Excellent range. A guy that can attack the quarterback, can drop into coverage, converted safety. He could be a steal there in round number three. Uh, round four, uh, Viliami Fajoko. I was surprised that he came off the board as, as early as he did. I'm a huge fan of his. He was a lot of fun to watch there at San Jose State. Um, just a guy that a relentless motor, very athletic, bends very well. Uh, Forty-seven tackles for loss, three straight seasons with double-digit tackles for loss. Twenty-three sacks, including nine this past season. It was a Mountain West Conference uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, a guy that look, you know, he was just he was fun to watch. And I'll, I'll leave it leave it really at that. He was just a lot of fun to watch. A guy that I really. Uh, really became a fan of i just didn't think he was going to get the love there at at, uh, at the next level and really it kind of goes to show that for me with my evaluation there's a guy in the draft that i love there's no reason why i should be mocking him lower on the board if, if there's a, a good fit when you look at this with, with fahoko and they've got demarcus lawrence they've got sam williams uh, you know, there's Dorrance, uh, Dorrance Armstrong as well, but I think Bohoko could definitely fit into this group. You know, look, they've got Dante Fowler as well. You know, I don't think they're expecting him to contribute a ton right away, but I think there are future plans for him, especially when you look at some of these names and guys that, you know, ultimately some of that shuffle when you're talking about free agency. In round five, they get a seam Richards out of uh, UNC. Uh, good feet, good hands. Uh, I think really looks like a backup at guard at at this point, but a guy that I think could also kick outside a tackle in a pinch if you need him to. Eric Scott Jr. out of Southern Miss. Look, you know, the the footwork, uh, the explosiveness, I think those are things that absolutely jumped off the film when you you watched him, especially in a lot of the workouts. But, you know, 6'2", 192. Um, you know i, I think the, the the length and the ability to move for a guy his size that that's why he got drafted i ultimately thought he was going to get drafted if he was in round number seven um so a little early there for me but at, at the same time um, you love the movement skills with the height and i think that's really what dallas is looking for there and then deuce vaughn we knew that at some point they were going to get a running back to, to team with tony pollard and deuce vaughn look, his dad a scout there for uh for for the Cowboys and I just I I love this pick he's going to be dynamic in the in in the passing game he's going to be a return man for you and then a guy that that can also hide behind those offensive linemen when you you hand the ball off to him just very very explosive guy Uh, he's actually quicker than he is fast um, if you believe it, and uh, you know, but he has that second gear to take it, take it the distance as well. And then Jalen Brooks out of South Carolina. Uh, this was a receiver who I, I really borderline in terms of whether or not he would get drafted. Um, but what I, I like about Jalen Brooks is uh, you know the size, he's six two over two hundred pounds. Um, you know, really kind of came into his own in twenty twenty two. You know, really kind of waiting for for him to, to emerge and this was the season that he was able to do that. I just look at this receiving core, uh, Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, CeeDee Lamb, Kevonte Turpin, you, know, you also have Simi Fajoko and Jalen Tolbert on the roster. I think really right now the ceiling for Jalen Brooks is probably going to be the practice squad. They also picked up a guy by the name of Jalen Moreno Cropper uh, as an undrafted free agent. And Moreno Cropper is a guy that you know he can fly and uh you know did it did a great job there for fresno state and uh with cropper ran that for 440 at the combine you know 511 172 and uh doesn't have quite the size that, that jalen brooks has but what you have with jalen cropper is a guy that you know is a, is a was a veteran there in, the, in the, the mountain west conference and over 2700 yards 21 touchdowns this is a guy that knows how to get open if there's going to be a receiver from this 2023 wide receiver class that's going to make the roster in Dallas, it's going to be Jalen Moreno-Cropper and not Jalen Brooks. Which then takes us to the Denver Broncos. We know the Broncos were without a first-round pick due to the Russell Wilson trade. Uh, and when you talk about Denver, their first pick, they end up taking Marvin Mims. Now, Marvin Mims is a guy, look, you know, he was mostly used with a limited route tree there at OU, but a guy that you know, he's sudden, can make plays at all three levels. Uh, a guy that I thought was gonna be coming off the board in round number two towards the end of of, uh, of that that round. That's ultimately how it shook out. When you look at, at a receiving core, when you have uh, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, K- KJ Hamler, You you draft Marvin Mims with that first pick, that kind of tells you that the rumors about Jerry Judy potentially being traded are true. And so I think at some point we will see Jerry Judy on the move. The question really is going to be where. And so that was the curious pick, but still a lot of talent there out of Marvin Mims. So I think there's going to be a a purpose behind that. But uh, man, some, uh, some great picks. In, uh, in round number three, Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. You, know, you look at Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton. Those are two guys who have been solid performers for them. You know they, they have a lot of range. They make a lot of tackles, but they don't do a lot of the things that Drew Sanders is able to do. I think Drew Sanders is a better athlete. This is a guy who has nine 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 and a half sacks, 103 tackles, can drop into coverage as well. So I think with Drew Sanders, he's just an upgrade at that inside linebacker position. And then Riley Moss, corner out of Iowa. This is a guy, again, ball skills. Uh, ball skills for days, also a tremendous athlete. He's 6'1", 194, um, you know, 11 interceptions in his career there with the Hawkeyes, 26 pass breakups. Uh, you know, he took three of those interceptions back to the house, uh, but you know, it's not just that. You know, the, the athleticism, absolutely there. Ran a 4-4, 5-40 at the combine, 39-inch vertical leap, to me, when I look at, at that quarterback group, you've got Pat Sertan, uh, Damari Mathis. I think Riley Moss, when it's all said and done, will challenge Mathis and Kawan Moore for that, that other spot opposite Patrick Sertan. And I think Riley Moss will end up starting when it's all said and done. Day three, just two picks. and then you were in round six and seven. J.L. Skinner, uh, big physical. Uh, look, he's six foot four guy that has tremendous range. I look at Kareem Jackson, um, the ageless wonder. Um, You know, you've got Justin Simmons there at the other spot. Caden Stearns is in that group. I I look at it. Kareem Jackson can't play forever. I think JL Skinner could end up sliding into that spot. You know, he's coming back from that pec tear that he sustained working out for the combine. So I think that probably uh, really took a hit to his draft stock but he's a guy that I I really think could end up being a steal uh, there in round number six. And then Alex Forsyth in round seven, uh, a a guy, he's limited athletically, uh, but you know Lloyd Cushenberry needs to be pushed there at that center spot. You've got Luke Wattenberg on the roster as well. Forsyth is a veteran, uh, a guy who's more of a technician than anything else, but you put him in there, he'll challenge those two guys for for playing time at that pivot. Which then takes us to the Lions, and the Lions probably had the most curious draft. Uh, at the top of the draft you know they had those two picks you're expecting them to maybe use those on on a corner on a defensive tackle but no they go with you know non-premium positions they go with the running back they go with uh, Jameer Gibbs and and look Jameer Gibbs we know the explosiveness we know his ability to make plays out on the perimeter and and in the passing game as well you look at obviously after that that uh, draft happened DeAndre Swift ultimately gets traded to the Eagles Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery in that backfield, I think Gibbs is going to end up being the starter. He gives some of that versatility. I think there's some things that uh, Dan Campbell and company wanted to do uh, offensively, and Jameer Gibbs is going to be that guy that's going to be able to do that. Then you have Jack Campbell in the middle. And ultimately, I think what threw me off, you've got James Houston at, at the SAM rushing the quarterback. You've got Malcolm Rodriguez. You also bring in Alex Anzalone. Then you tr- then you ultimately get Jack campbell they're at number 18 overall a little bit of a curious pick for me i thought they were going to go you know maybe uh, kalijah cansey maybe go with the corner there are still some corners that were sitting there on the board as well maybe at deontay banks what you get in jack campbell is a dude who moves very well for a guy his size he's, he's 6'5" and 249 pounds And uh, when you look at what this guy was able to do, uh, you know, testing wise, ran a four six five forty four two four short shuttle, six seven four three cone drill. I mean, those numbers in those two in the short shuttle and the three cone drill, I mean, that that rivals what some of the receivers were doing. Um, And so, a guy who's six five and two forty nine, you know, guys like that, they don't move around like he does. Uh, Back to back seasons with at least one hundred twenty five tackles for loss, twelve and a half. I'm sorry. Total tackles, twelve and a half tackles in his career for loss. Had five interceptions, ten pass breakups, and he, he's a guy that if you wanted to know where the football was going to go, you watch thirty-one, in in the black, gold, and white, he would take you to where that football was going to be. Uh, also, the, the the Campbell Trophy winner, that's the academic Heisman. Um, so you're really getting a. Uh, a guy, you know, high football IQ, high high football character, very intelligent player. Uh, round number two, they go with Sam Laporta. I actually mocked this. I thought Sam Laporta was a perfect fit for this offense. They needed a guy that, you know, Sam Laporta can block a little bit. But really, it's that receiving ability, 6'3", 245, runs pretty well. Uh, But look, it's after the catch. Physicality, you know, you better make sure that you are wrapping up because this is a guy that can bounce off tackles and continue to get down the field. Um, Then they they go with Brian Branch in round two, and I I love this pick as well. Yes, they have Kirby Kirby Joseph. Yes, they also have, uh, you know, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. With Brian Branch in the fold, now that gives you three safeties, gives you some versatility as well because a lot of those guys have the cover skills. Um, So it just gives uh, Aaron Glenn and company more options there in that secondary. I love the pick. Hendon Hooker also taken in round three. I had him penciled in potentially going to detroit ultimately i think i had him going to seattle but uh, i look at hooker he'll end up being the backup there for jared goff and we'll just have to see how he how he develops we know that he has the knee injury uh, that he's rehabbing from but it looks like he'll be all the way back in time for training camp And ultimately, you know, Jared Goff, we knew that he was kind of a bridge quarterback anyway. So Hooker could potentially be that guy, uh, but they didn't have to waste a first round pick on him. That was rumors that he might go off the board in round round number one. Getting him in round three could potentially end up being a bargain. Broderick Martin, look, this is a guy who's going to end up being in the future as as the nose tackle. I know that they've got Isaiah Bugs, there's Benito Jones, there's Levi Al uh, Broderick Martin, I thought, was coming off the board late. Um, so I was a bit of a surprise there. But, you know, at 6'5 and 337 pounds, um, you know, he's, he's big, he's physical. There, there's some upside that you've seen with him. But again, I thought that he was going to come off the board much later in the draft. Uh, round five, there's Corey Sorsdahl, the, the offensive tackle out of William and Mary. Um, team captain was a five-year starter. Um, just kind of surprised um, seeing that pick. I thought that maybe they would take a you know either a guard uh, earlier in the draft. You know I thought maybe they would end up targeting a guy like Steve Avila to ultimately take over for that right guard spot from Halapuli Vati Vaitai. Um, the fact that they took Sorsdal there um, in round number five makes me, you know, lends me to believe that they are satisfied with Vitae there at right guard, at least for now, especially with Logan Stenberg as the backup there to uh, to Jonah Jackson. And then round number seven, they get Antoine Green making the trade up, second pick in round number seven. And when you look at the receiving core, they've got Amon Ross St. Brown, Marvin Jones Jr.'s back. Uh, you got Josh Richard, uh, Josh Reynolds, excuse me. Um, ultimately, you know, we know that there's the the gambling scandal, so you have no, no Jamison Williams. Thought maybe they would target another receiver earlier, but what you get with Antoine Green, you get a steady performer. You get a guy who you know, was able to do a lot of different things, stretch the defense a little bit, work the underneath routes, um, ran a 4-4-7-40. I think that was you know much more explosive than people were expecting him to run at 62 He was the bigger receiver between him and Josh Downs, um, but I like the pick. I think he's a guy that's going to end up sticking and end up making that roster takes us to the Green Bay Packers would they draft a receiver for the first time since Javon Walker in 2002 would they take a tight end in round one for the first time since 2000 when they took Bolo Franks no they end up going with Lucas Van Ness and ultimately I look at Lucas Van Ness I, I love the pick because at one point I had him mocked to Green Bay and the reason why is he looks a lot like Rashawn Gary a lot of the same measurements uh, Rashawn Gary Battling that knee injury, will he be back? I think he tore it. What in November I want to say, uh, but I think Lucas Van Es can team with Preston Smith. He also has the versatility to potentially kick inside. You know, especially if you want to uh, play Ken, uh, Kenny Clark at the nose, then uh, I think Van Ness could potentially be a, a five technique as well. He has the size to be able to do that. Then you get the tight end in round two, Luke Musgrave, and you know when you look at him, ultimately they also go with Tucker Craft in round three. Um, so it gives you two receiving options there at that tight end position. Tucker Kraft was the guy that South Dakota state would line up on the outside. Very physical, physical blocker, something that Luke Musgrave isn't able to do. But look, Luke, Luke Musgrave, the athleticism ran a four, 40. There's the NFL bloodlines with Bill Musgrave, his uncle. You just, you didn't see a lot of him because he was sharing time with Tegan Catoriano, um, uh, this past season after just a couple of games goes down to injury for the remainder of the season but you know the traits are absolutely there i think tucker craft may actually be the guy that ends up starting when it's all said and done but now they've got the two of them and decided to wear a, a nice trio of tight ends for jordan love then in round number three, they end up going with Jaden Reed. I thought that was a little early for Jaden Reed, but when you look at it in round two, you already have receivers on the outside. Christian Watson, you have Romeo Dubs, you need that slot receiver. That's ultimately where Jaden Reed, that's where he's going to be. And look, he was not—he was uncoverable at, uh, at the Senior Bowl, so that could end up proving to be a pretty solid selection. Day three, you go with Colby Wooden in round number four there's another guy that you could end up playing there at that that five technique. Another guy that I love in round number six is Carl Brooks. Carl Brooks out of Bowling Green. And look, he bulked up to over 300 pounds, but I love him as a five technique. I think this is going to be a great pick for them. Um, look, 6'4", 280 pounds, 46 tackles for loss, 27.5 sacks, including 10 this past season. Heavy-handed, a guy that also shows some pretty good bend coming off the edge, knows how to get to the quarterback. Curious pick there in round number five is like Sean Clifford. Um, I I, just, I did not see him as a guy that, that uh, was draftable. You know, I thought there were, you know, there were a lot of mistakes. Yes, he played a lot of football there at Penn State, but... Man, there's a lot of ugly football uh, there for the Nittany Lions. Dontavian Wicks taking in round number five. I really like this pick as well. He's another guy that can be an athlete there on the outside. Uh, I think he'll end up being that number three, number four wide receiver for them. Uh, Really uh, a lot of upside there. They take Anders Carlson in round six. Anders Carlson I did not have as a uh, rated uh, kicker. I thought that there were some struggles at times. But he's going to come in and he'll probably end up being the starter there. Um, you just hope. You know, I didn't see enough consistency out of him. You know, there, he put together some good tape, but you know, consistency is really going to be the big key there for Anders Carlson. You know, I didn't think we always saw that there at, at Auburn. Round seven, Carrington Valentine. You could potentially end up getting a, a solid pickup here with, with Valentine, a guy that you know I think a lot of people were expecting to come off the board. Um, late day two, early day three, falls to, to round number seven. I thought that was really where. Um, He should be coming off the board, but you've got, you know, Jair Alexander, you've got Eric Stokes, Russell Douglas. Um, Could Valentine end up being the nickel? I think that's something that we'll have to kind of keep an eye out for. Uh, But this was a scrappy dude that that played really hard there for the Kentucky Wildcats. And, uh, you know, look. 16 pass breakups including 10 this past season has a nose for the football uh round seven you also get Lou Nichols the third out of central Michigan look this guy when healthy is one of was one of the top backs in division one you know in, in in the FBS and uh you know, in fact uh you know obviously he was battled some injuries in 2022 but in 2021 you know, he was a leading leading rusher with over 1,800 yards and 16 touchdowns. Also, have 40 receptions as well. Five ten, 220 pounds, uh, a physical runner back running back. You know, you've got Aaron Jones. You've got A.J. Dillon. Lou Nichols could potentially end up being that third running back in that group. Could also potentially, because of his size, you know, play that fullback position if you need to. And then uh, Anthony Johnson. Junior, The safety there out of Iowa State also has some experience playing corner. I think they needed to get another safety expecting them to get a safety much sooner in the draft. I think Johnson Jr. is a guy that's going to challenge for a starting spot there uh, next to Darnell Savage and then uh, Grant DuBose out of Charlotte. You know, uh, a wide receiver that I liked. I just wasn't sure if he was going to get drafted. But, look, you know, they, they need additional weapons there at that receiver spot. And so, you know, Grant DuBose, a guy that could be a vertical threat, a guy that tracks the ball pretty well. Um, a guy who um, at 6'2", 200 pounds, over 1,600 yards, receiving there for the 49ers, 15 touchdowns, um, ran a 4 5 7, 40 at the Combine. So not overly explosive, but a guy that I thought could could definitely be uh, you know, use that size, especially on the underneath routes and, and in the red zone. Which takes us to Houston. And Man, we really weren't sure what was going to happen with Nico Ryans and Nick Casario. They end up going with CJ Stroud. And I almost had CJ Stroud coming off the board at number 12 to Houston. And Will Anderson, I nearly had him coming off the board at number 2. Uh, so I nearly got this right. Uh, ultimately, I thought maybe the length of Tyree Wilson would end up winning out over Will Anderson because, look, with Will Anderson, he's more of a 34 outside linebacker. How is he going to fit in a 4-3? I don't think he played nearly as well when he put his hand in the dirt versus being able to play in space. So that's really what's going to be interesting. See what uh, what D'Amico Ryans can do with him. But you have your franchise quarterback in C.J. Stroud. You have a you know, defensive building block there, a guy that you can build a defense around him, Will Anderson Jr. I thought these are two home run picks. Yes, they had to uh, waste, you know in, in some people's eyes, a first and a third to get back up to Will Anderson Jr., but he's one of those generational type talents to where we could be talking about it, going, you know what, that was a steal getting you know a first and a third for will anderson jr when it's all said and done it, it can very well happen and we know what happens with those edge rushers uh with Demico ryan's we saw what nick bosa was able to do you know bigger physical guys um, but will anderson jr like he just knows how to get after the quarterback round two juice Scruggs. i had him coming off the board of day three so i thought it was a little early but i think they wanted to jump on getting a center Um, I thought maybe they would target one in round three, possibly round four. Um, But I think Juice Scruggs is going to be an upgrade over Scott Wessonberry. Nathaniel Dell, Tank Dell. Man, you know, there are rumors that uh, C.J. Stroud just fell in love with playing with the guy, um, working out with him. You've got Nico Collins, John Mechie, Robert Woods, Noah Brown. You needed a guy that you could throw in in the slot, and Tank Dell is absolutely a guy that's going to be able to do that for you. Um... So explosive in and out of his breaks, back-to-back years with over 1,300 yards and 29 t- touchdowns during that time frame as well. I love that pick. Round four, you get Dylan Horton. This is a guy who's kind of a work-in-progress at that defensive end position. Have four sacks in the game that really put him on the map for a lot of people. Um, you look at Jerry Hughes. He's look nine sacks again, but he's in his 30s. He won't be able to get get the job done all you know forever. You got Jonathan Greenard. uh, You got Chase Winovich. I think Dylan Horton's a guy that you're going to plug into that rotation. Uh, Henry Toto, you know, I I thought that he was a bit overrated. A lot of people had him coming off the board in round two or three. I had him, I think, coming off the board in round four. He comes off the board in round five. A guy that, you know, he's a good football player, but he, he doesn't do anything spectacular. He doesn't wow you. And so that's really the big question mark. Where is he going to fit with this linebacking core? You've got Denzel Perryman. You've got Christian Kirksey. You have uh, Christian Harris. You've got Corey Littleton. Jermaine Carter. Blake Cashman. Is Henry To'o To'o going to make this roster? That's really a big question mark. Jarrett Patterson out of Notre Dame coming off the board in round number six. I think when you look at patterson he could potentially challenge he'll be a backup there at the center spot we know shaq mason signed a a contract extension you've got kenyon green patterson has experience there at the guard spot he'll have to battle jimmy morrissey and michael dieter to get that job i think jared patterson may be wearing another uniform uh, before the end of 2023 then you get xavier hutchinson in round six and xavier hutchinson a, a big receiver He's a guy kind of like Nico Collins you know, has some more size to him uh, than some of these smaller receivers. But, you know, look, with Xavier Hutchinson, what you're getting is a guy, he's over 6'3", uh, look, over 2,900 yards in his three seasons there with the Cyclones, 107 catches his past season, 15 touchdowns. Um, you love the size. You love his ability to track the football down the field. And, uh, you know, for a guy his size, Look, man, a four-five-three forty—that's not too shabby. It was not the longest arms. I was kind of surprised about that. Won't necessarily be able to extend for the football. It kind of limits the catch radius a little bit for a taller receiver. But uh, a, a guy that I'm definitely pulling for—he's one of one of the guys I pound the table for much sooner in the draft. So getting him there at. Round, in round number six, I think is a bit of a bargain. And then uh, Brandon Hill in round number seven. Brandon Hill, this is the guy that I thought should have stayed there at Pitt for another season. 5'11, 195 pounds. Um, you know, not nothing doesn't do anything really spectacular, um, you know, when I think about it. But, you know, when you've got Jimmy Ward, you've got Jalen Petrie, MJ Stewart, Eric Murray, he's really going to have to work hard to make this roster. I think, you know, what you're seeing is Houston really starting to. Uh, provide a lot of depth to a lot of positions Indy, we know what happened there at the top of the draft right we take anthony richardson with the fourth overall pick i went back and forth here between anthony richardson and will levis i kind of talked myself out of anthony richardson here even though i had him sitting there with the colts for a long time because it just makes sense right you know with, with what you know with Steichen is able to do uh, um, With Jalen Jalen Hurts, it just makes sense that, hey, he's going to go in. uh, They're into Indy, and they're going to try to recreate that. Shane Steichen and Jalen Hurts, match made in heaven. I think he can work on some of the fundamentals there with uh, Anthony Richardson. Jalen was not a finished product by any means coming out of Oklahoma. Um, I thought that Lincoln Riley really really helped him develop because his time at Alabama not the not the best quarterback didn't see the entire field really developed under Lincoln Riley and then we've seen what he was able to do under Steichen I think we can see the same thing there with Anthony Richardson I honestly just didn't think Jim Say had the patience for that which was why I ultimately thought they were going to target someone else maybe Will Levis but Anthony Richardson I think would be a great pick here um, Julius Brents I think could be a, a starter there at that quarterback spot when you look at uh at Julius or Juju I guess as he's he's uh he's calling uh, himself now you look at Isaiah Rogers you look at Dallas Flower, you know a lot of smaller corners you bring in uh Julius Brents immediately looks like the alpha in the group Josh Downs how in the world did Josh Downs fall all the way to round number three that was kind of kind of curious but you know the one thing with Josh Downs is he has those shorter arms when you look at the yards per reception it's on the lower end because he attacked a lot of those short to intermediate routes. I mentioned Antoine Green was able to stretch the field, but exceptional route runner. I think that's something that you absolutely see with him. Uh, he'll be a guy that'll challenge Isaiah McKenzie for that number three wide receiver spot. Uh, in round number four, Blake Freeland. How in the world did Blake Freeland fall all the way to round number four? This is a guy who I think, you know, Brayton Smith could potentially kick inside to guard. Uh, you could potentially have Bernard Ryman and Blake Freeland playing the tackle spot. If nothing else, the break Freeland is a pretty darn good uh, swing tackle. And when you look at Freeland, obviously what he did at the combine ran that 49840, but then the 37 inch vertical leap was was a record there for offensive linemen. Um, then you have Addy Adabare there out of Northwestern, ran that 44940. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me, there are people that are talking about Adebari potentially coming off the board in round number one. I never saw it, um, but I did kind of buy into the, the, the hype a little bit in terms of him coming off the board in round number two. But when you look at the production, 24 and a half tackles for loss, 12 and a half sacks, six pass breakups, you know, solid numbers. But for the athleticism, you know, we, we always knew about the power. You know, and, and the punch, violent punch at the point of attack, we always knew about his power. But you didn't see the the athleticism, the explosiveness that he showed at the combine. Where was that during his time there at Northwestern? And can in, uh, Indy tap into that? They've got you know Quidipe, They have Samson Abicom, there There's Deo Adingbo. Uh, you know Taquan Lewis. Will Adebarre play at the defensive end spot, or will he be a backup there to DeForest Buckner at the defensive tackle spot? I think that's the other thing that will be interesting to see play out. Darius Rush, I thought, made a lot of money for himself you know, with his performance at the Senior Bowl. Really stuck like glue. 6'2", 198. He'll be another guy that's going to challenge for for playing time. Uh, probably be a backup to Isaiah Rogers and Julius Brents, but a guy that you know I'm, I'm really, really high on. You look at Dall- uh, Daniel Scott out of Cal. Really good athleticism, 6'1", 208 pounds. Uh, at the combine, Scott ran a four 5'40". And you've got Julius Blackman, um, Julian Back- Blackman, excuse me, at that, at that strong safety spot. Rodney Thomas right now at the at the free safety. I think we could see Daniel Scott surprise and potentially take over that starting spot in camp. Uh, Will Mallory, the tight end, comes off the board in round five. Uh, pretty good tight end uh, as a receiver needs to work on the blocking. Disappeared at times. Um, When you look at it, you have Jelani Woods. You've got uh, Mo Alley-Cox. You've got Kylan Granson. I think Mallory is being brought in to see if he can beat out uh, Kylan Granson. I ultimately think Will Mallory will end up playing somewhere else uh, because I think Kylan Granson is a solid player for them. Evan Hull. Going to challenge Deion Jackson for that third running back spot behind Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. Evan Hull was the guy Look, he, he worked his butt off. I think that was really evident um, in 511 210 ran over a thousand yards in 2021 came just 87 yards short in 2022 94 receptions in his career could be a guy that can be that a change of pace uh, back coming out of the out of the backfield as a receiver Titus leo inside linebacker there out of Wagner um, you know really you know the 32 and a half tackles for loss over the last two seasons really jump out um, this is a guy who has good closing speed, could be a pass rusher as well. Um, really a a rangy, linebacker. So this is a, a, a nice pick. Look, you know, they've got EJ Speed on the roster already. And EJ Speed uh, it was a guy that came from Charleston State. So they do a really good job of finding those linebackers at some of these smaller schools. And uh, so when I look at Leo, he could potentially be a you know a you know a defensive end, could be a linebacker. You know I, I think they're going to have you know that versatility to be able to line up in a, in a variety of ways then you have uh jalen jones the corner there out of uh, out of texas a&m he's a taller corner i think that's really you know again when you look at this group when you look at you know brents rush and jones they wanted to get bigger at that cornerback spot and they absolutely were able to do that and then finally jake witt out of northern michigan the offensive tackle six seven three oh two and uh Look, you know, he's a former tight end, basketball player, moves very well. I think there's developmental, you know, a developmental prospect, a guy that'll probably be on the practice squad. Take a couple of years to really develop, but uh, they may have something there. You uh, will be interesting to see what happens with Ryman. Does he stay at left tackle? Do, do they potentially kick him inside the guard? Are they looking down the line that Freeland and Witt would be your tackles with with Braden Smith and uh, you know Ryman kicking inside? You know, it's going to be interesting to see kind of that dynamic and how things play out. You know, you also have Ryan Kelly, a guy at that center spot who's really struggled at the pivot. So, interesting to see how that offensive line plays out. Jacksonville. Jacksonville gets Anton Harrison there at number 28 overall. And, uh, look, you know, Cam Robinson, multi-game suspension for the performance enhancement drug uh, policy violation. Uh... You know, left, uh, the right tackle, Jawan Taylor, left in free agency as well. You've got Walker Little on the roster. I think what you'll see is is Anton Harrison slide into a starting spot right away and challenge ultimately for a starting spot whenever Cam Robinson does come back. Uh, Brenton Strange in round number two. I figured they were going to go with a tight end at some point. The franchise tagged. Evan Ingram. We know that Doug Peterson loves multiple tight ends. We saw it in in Philly. Talked about Ernst and Goddard already. Um, And and so Brenton Strange, a guy that was really an ascending prospect. Didn't get to show uh, the athleticism enough there at Penn State, but I think he'll be a better pro than he was uh, a collegiate tight end. Uh, Round number three, Tank Bigby. I think this is going to be big for uh, for Jacksonville. Travis Etienne, I know everyone loves the explosiveness there, but with Tank Bigsby, he's going to give you a guy that can run between the tackles. He has some, some juice there on the outside. Six one two zero eight. 208. Um, look, you know, nearly 1,100 yards in 2021, and then uh, 970 yards in 2022, 10 touchdowns each of the last two seasons, also 62 receptions. This is a guy who uh, I I think is going to be a a critical player there uh, on that offense. Then you get Ventrell Miller in round number four. Kind of a curious pick, considering you already invested in in Devin Lloyd. You invested in in Chad Buba. You know, I know you also have Foye uh, Oluokan. Um, they're at the inside linebacker spot. So really kind of a surprise. I like Metro Miller as a player. I was just kind of surprised that that was where the, the direction that they went. In round five, they get Yasir Abdullah. Now, this is a pick that I absolutely love. You look at Josh Allen. You've got Trayvon Walker there, Clayton Chase Chason. Uh, Jordan Smith is another guy. But when you talk about Yasir Abdullah, he's a little undersized. Yes, he's 6'1", 235. But the production, 42 tackles for loss. 23 and a half sacks, including 19 and a half in the last two seasons. Eight pass breakups, eight forced fumbles. This is a dude who has the nose for the football, knows how to get after the quarterback. I'm a huge fan of Yasir Abdullah. I think he can end up being a steal at the top of round number five. Staying in round five, they go with Antonio Johnson. When you look at the safety spot, you already have Ray Rayshon Jenkins and you've got Andre Cisco. You bring uh, Antonio Johnson in there he'll end up being that third safety. I think you're pretty confident there. Could potentially take over for Rayshon Jenkins when it's all said and done. Uh, Round six, Parker Washington. You know, I I thought he was a little overrated. I thought that really he did his best work as kind of the second fiddle to Jahan Dotson. So maybe if you bring him in and you you can allow him to kind of work off Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley, maybe you have something there. Um, You know, that's going to be a curious pick. Uh, Christian Braswell there for Rutgers. This is a guy who, he's a smaller zone corner, but really good instincts. A guy that could be a playmaker there on the outside. Honestly, this was a guy that as I was looking uh, looking at the draft, I kind of forgot about him. You know, this is a guy who, who can make plays you know 11 pass breakups this past season and uh you know six interceptions in his career as well good instincts a guy that i think can end up sticking there um you know the needed corners i thought they were going to honestly go with the corner sooner than they did but a guy who i think could end up you know working his way into the rotation there with that quarterback group um eric Hallett out of pittsburgh look you know just a you know Started 31 games for them. A dude that has a nose for the football flies around. Uh, you know, you put him in there in that safety group. Uh, you know, he's not going to supplant uh, Rayshon Jenkins or Andre Cisco, but I think he could potentially challenge. Um, you know, Andrew Wingard from one of those safety spots. And then um, Cooper Hodges, out of Appalachian State. You know, kind of surprised that, that we saw him come off the board. But 51 straight starts. This is a dude who's tough. Tough as nails. He's going to work, 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 and then work some more. So he's really a, a depth performer. And I think that was really what they were looking for there in round number seven. Raymond Bohasek, another, you know, defensive tackle, three-year starter. Uh, another guy that's going to work hard there uh, at that tackle spot. Um, you know, I think when you look at it, you know, Davon Hamilton, Michael Dogba. I think Bohasek ended end up being that third guy in that rotation. And then Derek Parrish out of Houston. It was a defensive end. But ultimately, you know, fullback is going to be his home, and I think he'll be a lead blocker there for Travis Etienne and, and, and Tank Bigsby. I think that's ultimately where his niche is going to be, and I think you know, he can end up being a pretty darn good fullback at the next level. Which finally gets us to the Super Bowl champs, and in round number one, you know, surprise, some people were hating on Felix and D.K. Uzoma, um, but when you look at it, you know, yes, Charles Sumbene, who was brought in to replace Frank Clark. But I think, you know, FAU will end up being the guy to play opposite George Karloftis in the starting rotation. Uh, 12, 26 tackles for loss, 20 and a half sacks. This is a guy that just ha- he knows how to get to the quarterback in a variety of ways. Like B.J. Ozilari, still developing as a, uh, a run defender, but a guy that I think could absolutely... Uh, explode as a um, as a pass rusher. Rasheed Rice this is another guy that I think could end up being a, a steal. Uh, at one point I had him mocked in round one I thought I was too crazy um, then I put him in round two and ultimately I was looking at some of the drops and was thinking all right Rasheed Rice I was valuing him maybe a little bit too high. I moved him down and ultimately the Chiefs take him in round two. And you know, rookie camp they're saying that he's performing very well. 6'1", 204, and a 4'5", 140 at the combine. 41 inch vertical leap. So he definitely shows off uh, some athleticism. Uh, But then when you also see the production there at SMU, uh, 96 catches, over 1300 yards and 10 touchdowns this past season. I think he'll be a favorite target there for Patrick Mahomes. Juanye Morris out of Oklahoma started his career at Tennessee. A guy that can play left or right tackle. Obviously, they brought in Donovan, jo- uh, Donovan Smith, excuse me, to play opposite Jawan Taylor. You have them. Um, taking over the left and right tackle spots. Wanye Morris could be your swing tackle. Um, Shamari Connor out of Virginia Tech. This is a guy that I have penciled in, kind of coming off the board in round number five. Comes off the board around earlier, six foot, 202. A guy that can cover uh, slot receivers, can cover the tight ends as well. Good anticipation, very instinctive player. Um, When you look at that safety spot, you got Brian Cook and and Justin Reed, but this is the guy that's going to challenge Mike Edwards for playing time. Uh, B.J. Thompson, of Stephen F. Austin, very athletic edge rusher, a guy that has that tremendous burst coming off the edge, very explosive, a little raw rawness to his game. Uh, but a guy, you know, I think he needs to get bigger as well. I think he's only weighing in like 239, 240 pounds. So if he's going to be the defensive end in this group, he's going to have to bulk up a little bit. So will be more of a developmental guy. Round six, they get Keandre Coburn. Coburn's going to challenge Derek Noddy for a starting spot. and I, I wouldn't be surprised if by his second year, Coburn's a starter next to Chris Jones. And then finally, in round seven, Nick Jones out of Ball State. Six foot, 189 pounds. Really good length. Does a good job jamming receivers, rerouting. Um, a guy that I think has pretty good ball skills as well. Um, this is a guy, look, you know, you got him with the 33rd pick in round number 7, Kansas City. I think he's the guy that can end up making your roster. 12 pass breakups this past season. When I look at that that corner group, you've got Jalen Watson. Then you've got Josh Sneed, jo- uh, Joshua uh, Williams. You've got Trent McDuffie. And then I think Nick Jones could kind of fit in there challenge Joshua Williams, challenge uh, Nazi Johnson uh, for playing time. And, uh, you know, I think he's really starting to solidify that like quarterback group. And uh, I think Nick Jones is the guy that could, that could end up being that third or fourth corner for you. So that's the first 16. And we're going to go ahead and take a, a week off. And then we'll go ahead and bring the final 16 and kind of put a bow on the 2023 podcast series. Hope you've enjoyed the ride. Thank you for tuning in, listening to the Ready for the Draft podcast. Looking forward to bringing yet another podcast series for the 2024 uh, NFL Draft. And uh, obviously, we got the 2023 college football season. What we'll do, we'll have the next uh, podcast. We'll go over uh, the 16 remaining NFL teams. We'll take a look at the undrafted free agents. Bring some names for that 2024 draft not named Kayla Williams and Drake May that you need to be on the lookout for as well. We'll talk about them as well. And then we'll put a bow on things before coming back really the preseason in August to start up with our podcast again. So until next time everyone enjoy your week, enjoy your weekend and for readyforthedraft.com this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host Greg Shoots. Take care everyone and until next time bye.